Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning. Hope everybody's doing all right. See, we have some social distancing going on on these first couple of rows right here. We're here. So, yeah. Hope everybody's doing all right. Um, <clears throat> it's raining again. Yeah. It's raining again. Yeah. Raining again. So, I hope that my basement doesn't get water in it again like it did this week. My carpet is all ripped up and I have fans going and things like that. Eventually, I'm going to have to figure out how that water is getting in. But nonetheless, you know, hopefully this rain won't do it. Because we had a lot of rain this past week. It was, it was a lot of rain. So, yeah, that, that's it. Um, how many of you have a weighted blanket that you sleep with? you have a weighted blanket? Two? Anybody else have a weighted blanket? She does? So there's three. Do you have a weighted blanket, a 15-pound weighted blanket? 20 pounds? How, how heavy is yours? Is yours 20 or 15? 12? And yours is, you don't know. 18? And then how, how much is your weighted blanket? Is it 20 pounds? Yours? 15. So 20 15, 18, and 12. Wow. That's amazing. So anyway, somebody posted on Facebook that they were looking for one, and I started to think about that. And a weighted blanket, like when you go, and I'm not make, I guess I am. I'm just thinking this through. When, when, you, when you go on vacation, right, and you're going to go to the, you know, whatever, the airport, and you're, you're packed your bags, that, that's 15 additional I don't guess you take it with you. You don't take it with you? I don't know how you could sleep. How many of you have trouble sleeping somewhere else because you don't have the same pillow or the same stuff? That would be, that would be me. So I take my own pillow. I know this is, some of you are like, what in the world's going on? But I was thinking about this weighted blanket and being on top of you with 15 pounds at night and trying to breathe, you know? And she has 20 pounds. That's, Wow. That's amazing. Anyway, if you're standing in line at the airport and you have to, yeah, I'm not even going to go down that road anymore because that's, that's amazing. If you fold your 20-pound blanket in half, is it 40 pounds? Is that, I'm, that's really not how that works. Wow, 15 pounds. I say that and I say this, Nicole, um, she sleeps with a lot of stuff. Like she has three pillows, one for her head, and then one for the top of her head, and then one for this part of her body. Like she, she does something with it. And then she has the, the sheet, a blanket, and then a blanket at night. So she's all like got all this on top of her. I don't know if it comes to 12 or 18 or 15 pounds, but it's a lot of weight right there. And she wants the house cold at night. So the temperature has to be way down, but she has all of these blankets on. So I sleep with a hypocrite. <laughs> she has all these blankets trying to keep warm, and I'm freezing on the other side. And her thing is for me to get another blanket. I'm just not going to get another blanket. If you have 20 pounds on top of you and someone breaks into your house, how do you get up quickly? You know, okay. Huh? Yeah, sure. 
All right, our sermon is called All Things. All Things. And um, I think that if, if I was to pull everybody in here, I think the majority, if not all of us in here, would say that we love God. We love God. We love him. We love what he does for us. We, we love the way that he's involved in our life. I think all of us would say that we love God. We love Jesus. We love Jesus because he first loved us. In fact, I would submit to you today, unless Jesus loved you first, you wouldn't be able to love him. That's a scriptural theological point. If he had not loved you first, you would not be able to love Jesus. And so we love Jesus because of what he did for us on the cross. He saved our soul and, and the array of other things that Jesus does for us. We love the Holy Spirit, which three in one, it's one God, but we love the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit, when we open up scripture, actually teaches us from that scripture. And there's sometimes that we're looking at scripture that we have no clue what's going on. And so the Holy Spirit sometimes speaks to us and tells us what's going on in, in that scripture. We love the Holy Spirit in, in a um, avenue like this because he speaks to our hearts through through song and also through his word as it's proclaimed. So we love the Holy Spirit. We love the fact that God is involved in our life and he, he cares enough for us to be involved in our lives. We, we care about that. We love God. Um, I have been taking my telescope out at night and looking at Jupiter and Saturn. Sometimes Mars, because one day we'll be going there, I guess, and living there. I'm not sure how that all works in with the Bible, but nonetheless, we're, we'll be setting up something there. I will not be going to Mars. I'm going to stay right here on planet Earth and root for the people on their way there. That's what I'm going to do. But, but nonetheless, I, I've been looking at Jupiter and Saturn, and in my telescope, I can get close enough to see the colors of Jupiter. Like, I can see the little spot at times and, and the little wavy motions. And then I have been able to see one night recently seven of Jupiter's moons. They, they look like little stars going around it, so it's not like looking at our moon. But I can see, I can see that going around, and I think, it's, I think it's incredible. Saturn, you can see it like, you know, it has the rings, and it's just popping through right there toward the sun, and it, and it looks really, really cool through a telescope. It's not as clear as the pictures that you see, like when you look through a, through a telescope, but it's really nice to have, have that, like, real-time you're actually looking at something that's there that God created and he flung into space with his very voice. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Even though it's a little blurry image, you can still get the appreciation for that. It also moves very fast. I don't know if you know this, but the world spins. The sun doesn't go up or down. It's stationary in the universe and we're the ones that rotate. And then um, that means that also Jupiter and Saturn are also going around at a particular speed around the sun, and so you have to kind of manage the spin of the earth and all that kind of stuff to keep it focused and if somebody else is supposed to come in and look at it, but it's absolutely fascinating. I love Jesus because of all the other things that I've seen, but also because of his great creation. I mean, I think he showed his love in everything that he created and his creativity in everything that he created for us to enjoy. And it's, and it's neat to know that there was a God that thought of you and me enough to say, hey, I'm gonna give them something to look at. I'm gonna give them something beautiful to look at and, and this is what I'm going to do. So he created all this stuff. Colossians chapter one, verse six says this, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rules or authorities. Now, I'm going to stop right there. This is not a part of the original sermon. 
But that last little phrase, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, I wanna let you know, God puts people into power and takes people out of power and there's always a plan. And it might not be the one that you want that is in power, but we know the person that is above him in power. So just trust what God is doing. Do your job. We need to vote and we need to do all that, but trust what God is doing in our political environment. All things were created through him and for him. So he created all things. I know that a lot of us has been, been taught that evolution happened and there was a, a big explosion and it flung everything into existence. And over time we have arrived billions and billions of years to this place where we have life. I don't want to get into the ins and outs of that, but what I do want to tell you is it makes more sense for God to have created the heavens and the earth than for it to come from an explosion. I personally blew up things in my lifetime and none of them have, have ever come together, right? It, they just dissipate and they fall apart. It has to be an intelligent person that has created all of this. It's the only explanation for it. So God created the heavens and earth. I think it takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does to believe in God. I do, because there, there's just so, so much stuff there. But Jesus Christ created all things and all things were created through him and for him. All things were. All things. Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse eight says this, all things are full of weariness. Isn't that the truth? Things are created and they're all around us, but a lot of things are very weary. It, it weighs you down, right? Um, regardless of how you feel about the governor, when he comes out about something else that we have to do, like he did this week, and, and he does these little proclamations, it, it makes you feel weary because you think we are getting out of this and all of a sudden he, he comes up with something else. He restricts something else and you just feel restricted and weary because of what he's doing. Um, a, a couple of us went to Charlotte this week for the Southern Baptist Convention, the North Carolina Southern Baptist Convention. And when we went to Charlotte, I'm telling you, there was nobody, nobody in Charlotte. Like we walked downtown and there was hardly any people downtown. Very few restaurants were open. It, it's just kind of a weary, suppressive sort of thing. It was shocking to me. Um, there's more activity going on in Moxville downtown than there was in Charlotte. I mean, it, that's, that's an amazing thought. Um, but, but it's just so kind of wearying, like, like the environment that we live in. Some of us uh, receive health during this time, health news that isn't so good. And that wearies our soul. Or, or we're worried about the next um, bill, if we're going to be able to pay that bill or if we're going to be able to keep our job or, or what is in the future. And that weariness just kind of weighs on our shoulders. Some of us wonder how we're going to fix family problems. Families have split up and we're not sure if they'll ever be back together and they probably won't. But how can we live in this, that new environment that's been created sometimes by choices we've made and sometimes with choices we haven't made. But we have this weariness in, inside of us, like this weariness that lays on our shoulders and it's, and it's very heavy. It's very heavy and it's hard, it's hard to get out of it. There's a weariness and all things are full of weariness. All things are. 
like my basement. Like I would like for it not to have water in it again, right? But there's, it still is still an issue that we have to deal with. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says this, Jesus, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages begin. Here's the good news. We can be saved. We can be saved from our sins. And when we are saved, we are first called by the Holy Spirit toward that salvation. Scripture is very clear with that. In fact, you would not be able to find God unless he found you first. And so he draws you to salvation. He draws you to that moment where you can choose him or not choose him. It is him who reaches down. And he saves us when we accept him as our savior. When we respond to that drawing of the Holy Spirit and we accept him as our savior, we become saved. And he called us not just to be saved, not just to save us out of sin and leave us alone, but he called us to a holy calling. That means that there's something great for you to do. There is something that God wants you to do with the salvation that he has given you. He wants you to do something great and he's called you to a holy, call, holy calling. And that calling is by his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages begin. Whatever that calling is, fits in line with his purposes for the world. And he wants you to be a part of the purposes of the world and what he has planned. So you and I love Jesus and we are called according to purposes that he has for each and every one of us. And each one of us has a different purpose that we're called to in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter one, verse 11 says this. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So you know that weary situation, that thing you're going through that's heavy on your shoulders? That is part of his overall plan to redeem the world. Even though it's sad, even though it's weary, even though it's weighing on your shoulders, it is something that he has set into motion to fulfill a particular purpose that he has for you. I might put it to you this way. Because you love Jesus and you know that you're, you have a purpose, right? I might put it to you this way. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So this weariness that you have according to Romans 8.28 is gonna work out for good. There is something better on the horizon. There is something good that's about to happen. So take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight, verse 28, it says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Something 
is going to happen, that's good. That's what we know. But there's a lot of things we don't know, right? We don't know how it's going to work out. We don't, we don't know certain things. Like, there's stuff that we don't know, but this is what we do know. Whatever it is, it's going to work out for good. Well, how? I don't know, but it's going to work out for the better. Well, I don't, I don't see how any good could come out of this. That's, that's okay. But what you know is there is good that's going to come out of it. There is something better that's going to come out from all of this tragedy, all of this weariness, all of this feeling of being worn. There, there's something good that's going to come out of it. Verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know. Oh, whoa, wait a minute. We do not know. What do we do not know? What to pray. There are sometimes we're going through weariness and trials that we have absolutely no clue what to pray to God. We have tried and tried and tried different things and prayed and prayed for different things and it just doesn't seem to be working. Have you ever been there? So you go back to God and you try to pray again and you're not really sure what to say because you want to have the right words. And I don't care who you are, you try to have the right words when you talk to God. It's not that you think that there's some magical words, but you want to convince him to move on your behalf. So sometimes stuff is so bad that we do not know what to pray as we are. We do not know what to say. We do not what to know. We do not know what to make of this particular situation. We don't know what to make of it. But what we do know is that we love Jesus. And what we do know is because we know Jesus and we're called according to his purpose, all things are going to work out for the best. It's going to work out for the best. That's what we know. Even though we don't see how, that is what we know. One of my favorite people in the world is, is um, Mike Donahue. Hopefully I said his, his name correctly because he's one of my favorite people, but uh, Mike Donahue. And Mike Donahue, when he was younger, was a, a great soccer player. He was absolutely incredible soccer player. In fact, he was going to get a scholarship to go to college that would pay for his whole college um, it, because of his ability to play soccer. And so when he was 17, he was on his way to a, to a game with one of his friends, and his friend's car flipped over. And when it flipped over, according to Mike Donahue's words, he went Peter Pan through the windshield. So he went exited the car and he hit the pavement and everything went black. Everything went black. He came to consciousness in the hospital and when he did, he saw all the doctors and the doctors were relieved because at that point, up until that point, they didn't know if he would even live. He has a scar right here that he had stitches in and his ear was torn completely off because of the accident. He had also broke his back in two places and he couldn't move his legs. And so he's in the hospital in 27 stitches to get this, this um, operated on and back to where it needed to be, stitches right here. And then he had to lay on his back for two months and not move so that his back would heal. And during that time, someone handed him a guitar and he started to learn chords while he stayed there, while he laid there, because he couldn't do anything else, but he could raise his hands and he could, he could play the guitar. 
And so he played it over and over again, and he learned how to play while he was laying flat on his back and looking up. Well, Mike Donahue is the lead singer for 10th Avenue North, which you probably know that particular group. And their music is absolutely amazing, and his voice is absolutely amazing as well. And he wrote this song based on the experience he had by losing that scholarship and laying on his back to play the guitar. And here's that song.
Let's think about this a moment. The world was very small with the scholarship with soccer. But because of an accident, it became very large for impact for God and his kingdom. Because in that moment, this talent that he had to play soccer was a talent he had but wasn't the one that God really wanted to use to further his kingdom. What he wanted to do is something greater. He had equipped him with something greater, and that was a voice and an ability to write songs. And what happened was during the weariness and during the trial and during his conflict back here, this trial, it opened the door for something even greater because God works everything out for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I think many times there's weariness in our life because our world is so small and God wants to make it bigger. It's not that you and I would necessarily have a voice like his and have that incredible ministry that he has. It's so big and we just go, ah, ah, ah. It's, it's something different. He wants to take us out from this smallness and make something greater out of us right where we are. And we might not be on stage singing and, and doing the things that we think is, is great, but this is what I know. Whatever he's trying to get you to it is something that is for his kingdom and it will have a greater impact than what you're currently doing right here. So weariness is often placed on your soul, like you're dissatisfied. I'm, I'm dissatisfied with the way things are going. I, I can't, for me, it would be like, I, I can't seem to create anymore. Like I'm trying to be creative and I can't create anymore. And it, and it weighs on my heart. Well, the reason I can't create anymore is because God's trying to take me from this ability to this ability. And so I have to let this go in order to get here so I can be who I need to be here and let all of this that is less significant go by the wayside so that I can shine for him right here. But there's a weariness that has to happen from this point to get to this point. You always get to the next level through pain, through weariness, and through trial. We seldom ever continue to go up a ladder and, and just always feel good. There's always a moment where we don't feel good that takes us to something greater. Well, you say, Philip, I, I just can't hold it together. All this stuff that's happening, I, I, I can't protect my family. I, I'm trying to make sure that nobody gets sick. I'm trying to make sure that nobody's in pain. I'm trying to make sure that everybody's protected. And, and I just, the weariness is I just can't hold it all together. Good news, it's not your job to hold things together. It's not your job. Colossians chapter one, verse 17 says, and he is before all things and in him all things hold together. You see, at the very moment where everything seems to be flying apart and you feel like you're not in control, this is what I know. Jesus is still in control of the things that you're not in control of. Let him have it. Step from your weariness and your worry into faith that he's got you, he's got your family, he's got everything about what is going on and leave it in his hands. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I hold nothing together. I don't even hold my sanity together. 
A lot of us think that our sanity, like we need to control our sanity and our mind. No, 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 no. Jesus holds my sanity together. I'm so afraid that if I didn't have Jesus, I would be insane. My kids tell me when they put me in an old folks home, which I'm not really sure why that's the plan, that they're going to have to come and explain things to the nurses because I'm just a little off. Jesus even holds me on the inside together. When I feel like that I just can't do it anymore, he is still the strength. He is still what holds me together as a person. I step out of weariness into faith in him because he holds all things together. You see, some of us think, well, I'm just not in control because we're control freaks. I want to control this. I want to have a controlled environment. I want to make sure that everybody around me is safe and everybody close to me is safe. And we, we take on a responsibility that honestly we don't have. You are not the one that needs to be in control. Jesus is the one that you need to let be in control. It's not you. Let it go. Let it go. Let him have it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 27 says this, for God has put all things in subjection under his feet. Do you know what's missing from that verse? Me. That irritates me a little bit because I like to be in control. But I'm not in that verse. And you know what? You're not either. And as I look at you, I'm glad you're not in that verse. But come on. You think the same thing about me. You're glad I'm not in that verse and I'm glad you're not in that verse and we are all glad that Jesus is in that verse. He has all things under his control. And so when we feel like we're out of control and we can't control our environment, we just let him have it. Let him be in control. Let him have it. Step out of weariness into faith. See, on a broad scale, on a, a broad scale in the big picture, God has always had the plan to make things good for people who loved him and are called according to his purpose. He's always had that before the foundation of the world. Before he called you to salvation, he had this plan in mind. This is how it goes. It's very easy. Creation. He created the world. There was a fall. That's why we have weariness. There was a cross. That was the first step to get the world back on track. Resurrection. Second step, to get the world back on track. Third step was you and I receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior, called by the Holy Spirit to do so. And we responded and said yes. Then we have new life. There's something new going on inside of us now that we have Jesus. But that's not where it ends. It doesn't end with just new life here. It ends with a brand new world. This whole world has to burn. It has to go. It has to be wiped away and then Jesus Christ creates a new heaven and a new earth and a new universe for us to live in. Don't you want something better than this? And I really don't want it to be kind of refurbished, okay? I don't want this earth to be flipped. Flipping the earth with Jesus, I don't want that show. I don't want to see that show. I never want to see that show. I want him to wipe it all out and create something new. And that's precisely what he's going to do. Revelation chapter 21 says this. 
And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are what? They're trustworthy and they are true. You don't get that in your newspaper. You don't get that in your favorite news source. You only get that from the word of God. All things new. You know something else? I get a new body. I get a body, a brand new glorified body, that when I look in the mirror, I'm not only ripped, but my core is strong. Right? Got a back. Legs are looking good. I'm looking good. We're all looking good. We're in the prime of life. We can think. We can remember. Wouldn't that be great? Just to remember stuff. I know when you're young, you're not really excited about this new body thing because your body is just incredible. I mean, everything's going well. It's kind of doing. But there's a point in which the stuff just starts to quit working. Like there's things that just quit, stop. It just stops. You don't know why. You wake up one day and something hurts. And you, you heard older people talk about it all your entire life. And you didn't think it was going to be you, but it's going to be you. And this is why we look forward to a brand new body. Look, Philippians chapter 2 says this. Who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to even subject all things to himself. My future new creation is in the hands of Jesus. Therefore, my life right now is in the hands of Jesus. Therefore, whatever I'm going through that is making me weary is actually making me a better person. And it's doing something greater for his kingdom than I could ever realize. So there's countless, over 13 years of being here, there's countless examples of this in this church. I, I couldn't even take the time to tell you all the stories that I could tell you about how people were weary and God brought them through and it's a better day today. One story is, is a family that recently came here about three to four years ago. Um, for years, their story is they tried and tried and tried and tried to have a child and they tried and they tried and they tried and they tried and they just couldn't have a child. So what they decided to do is they decided to adopt because they really wanted a child. So they adopted a child, a great child. I mean, he, this, this kid is, is absolutely incredible. He, he's full of energy. He's, he's full of character. I mean, he's, he's an incredible child. But right after they adopted him, guess what happened to her? She got pregnant. And they weren't even coming to Farmington at the time to drink the water. It was amazing. It's an amazing thing. So, so they adopted the kid, and then she got pregnant. And now they had two kids. Now they have three kids. And it's a great story because here is a little boy that was adopted into a Christian home with two parents that would love him as their own. And because of that adoption and because of their investment in him, he has received the Lord Jesus Christ as his savior, which is something that may or may not would have happened if he hadn't have been adopted by them. That was God's plan all along. That was his purpose. And there was nothing that was gonna stop that purpose. God kept them weary long enough to get them focused on something else that they should have been doing. They didn't realize that they should do. But when they did it, here's this kid, and now that kid is saved. Isn't that a great story? It's incredible. There's a couple other ones. 
in the church as well. There are people that I know that I love dearly that I saw the family go through the final stages of their life and the weight and the weariness that was on their shoulders. But when that person passed into eternity, and I don't mean any disregard by the death, but the weight lifted off of that family because they didn't have to care for that person anymore. The weight lifted off the shoulders of that family because they knew that this family member was in heaven with Jesus with a glorified body in a new creation. Everything was okay for them. And so this weariness and this time of, a time of heaviness that they went through this whole entire time made it to a point where, they went, where this person went on and they were relieved. And what happened is here was a different um, Christian, a different faith than they had back here when they were going through all the trouble. They prayed and they prayed and they prayed and it just got worse and worse and worse. And then this loved one went home and during this time they grew and they grew and they grew. And so stepping back, you can see how their faith has increased. And some, just to be honest, I look at some of these people and I think, wow, that's more faith and more Christian growth than I have. And it's because of that trial that they went through and those heartaches and those times of crying out to God when they didn't know what to say, but then finally they made it to this point, right? And so they're, they're better people because of what has occurred. And I don't know what's wearing your heart. I don't know what's on, on your shoulders today, but this is what I know. Whatever it is, even if you don't know what to pray to Jesus, somewhere down the line, you get to the place where it works out for good because you love Jesus and you're called according to his purpose. Currently, there's people in this room that's having struggles. Been brought into a very dark time of life. You don't know why, you don't know why you're there. You felt like you've done everything right up until a certain point and then something happened and now you feel like you did everything wrong and so everything's happening here and you're, you're, you seem to be coming out of it but then you go back into it and you seem to be coming out of it and then you go back into it. This is what I have for you today. Step out of your weariness into faith. Hold on to the fact that Jesus is gonna work it out for good and just wait and be patient and pray. He loves you and he's with you. This sermon was designed to put Jesus Christ all the way through it from the start to the finish. I love Jesus, but there was a lot of scriptures about Jesus and how he's with you and how he created everything for himself. The reason I did that, and I normally don't tell you the stuff that I'm doing behind the scenes, but the reason I did that is because I want you to know today that from the very beginning of your life all the way to now and even in the future, Jesus is actively involved each step of the way. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't left you alone when you don't feel like he's there. He is still with you because by him, all things create, were created and everything exists and everything was created for him and for his glory. And even though you can't see it right now and even though it's weighing on your heart right now, this is what I know. The bad stuff was made to glorify him in this world. That's what it was made for. And you stick with it and you go through it and you trust in him and his name will be glorified and you will be a better person for stepping into that phase.
all things work to better, work out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. All things. Isn't that great? This is great. It's great. So, I don't know what's on your heart and your mind today, but I do know Jesus is with you. And I do know it's taking you to a better spot in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the stage you've given us. We thank you for this message. We thank you for this very familiar verse. We thank you for it and we trust in it. We have placed our faith in it. And I pray now that you'll encourage hearts and minds. If someone is weary and they don't know what's going on, I pray that you'll comfort their hearts. I also pray, Father, that you'll remind us all of how you've taken us through tough times in the past and brought us through them each time. Help us to remember those moments. So we leave all that in your capable hands and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're having trouble sleeping at night, the pillow you should use to lay your head down every time is Romans 8.28. Let it wash over your soul. Let it, let, it, let it infiltrate your mind. Let the Holy Spirit talk to your heart concerning that particular verse. And lay your head down and close your eyes knowing that he's in control and he's working it out for the best. He's in control. He's working it out for the best. And close your eyes and sleep in his arms. That is stepping from weariness into faith. Let's stand and sing the song. And as we do, the altar is open and I'm here to pray for you as well.